and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis. And Benjamin Holden. Welcome back. Why have you just doubled my welcome? Did you just didn't matter was mine not good D- Double bubble. Double bubble. Speaking of double bubbles. Okay, so fresh smelling. This one is lime and mint and it is ridiculously fresh. Give us a little taste. I did. I, which one did I have at the gym this morning? I think so I had the this raspberry and elderflower. Is kindly sponsored by Spruce Water. This, chin chin. This week we are sipping on the natural fruit powder, the lime Golden Party Lime and Mint. Do you know what? These are actually really cute. So I've put the this one here. My favorite flavor is the raspberry and elderflower. I put I the whole little me. thing. But I put the whole thing in my gym bag this morning. You know, sometimes you have water in yeah. the gym and it's not quite quenching enough. I had quite a hard workout this morning. I had one of these. I don't know if you're supposed to do it mid-workout, but I did it anyway, and it was great. Well, I'm taking mine down to London this weekend because I've got the session at Ollie Marchand's place. So we're doing the... I wish you luck. We're doing a... <laughs> wish you luck what? Oh, yeah. I wish you luck doing no, that we're, workout. We're doing a High Rocks workout. So I'm meeting Joe Brightman, TM Cycles, and Ollie. And I think he's doing like a bit of a get-together at his gym for a High Rocks thing. So we're, you're, you're we're doing need. that. So I'm going to bang those in my bag. because That's the other thing. Is because I've got like a million pills, all the vitamins. That's just one sachet, sachet, yeah. so I'll bank them back. So yeah, you get eight different vitamins from this one. I think they're actually written on the side of the box if you need to check them out. So you've got vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin B1, vitamin B3, vitamin B5, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, and zinc. If you do want to try spruce water, you can use the code NOTSOFIT30, and then you can also, which gets you 30% off, and you can also get a free tote bag. I love that you get a free mm-hmm. tote bag. If you wanted to, you could use that as your gym bag and then put them in it because it's adorable. And you can find the link in descriptions, YouTube, Spotify, oh, yeah, Apple. In the description. Look at that. Look at the little bougie glass. This is also a nice little bit here. It's like a mountain. It's like a mountain of multivit. But today's podcast is what we wish we knew. I think that's a very strong no, it's not statement. That. Lucy's destroyed the podcast. It already. is what we wish we knew. The things that we wish we knew 10 years ago from now. Oh yeah! Oh, wow, yeah. I literally thought when you said that, then I've I've done my show notes on the Lucy's complete, completely prepped for complete a different podcast on a different topic. planet this week. But it is what we wish we knew. Oh, ten years ago. So how old were you ten years ago? It's just literally 20. the podcast is ten years ago. It doesn't matter if but, the date. But I was age, fifteen times. and you were twenty. Yeah. So fifteen-year-old girl, very different to a twenty-year-old man. What we wish we knew yeah. ten years ago, which I think is actually quite positive. Okay, do you want me to be more specific? Then it can be in the last ten-year time frame. <laughs> it's not when you were fifteen. Can I go in with my? No, I'm gonna go first. Oh, you always go first. Could we do rock paper scissors? Are we doing one, two, three, and then go? So one, two, three, like one, two, three, scissors, for example. You don't, don't say it though. You just go one, no. two, three, go. <laughs> Ready? One, One, two, two, three, three, go. Do you know why I did that then? So someone taught me this trick. If you say one, two, three, scissors, you automatically psychologically think about scissors. That's very true. So I knew I'd already won then. Go on then. I get to go first. I just basically, I wish I knew quite a lot of things as a young athlete, but more so to do with body image. As a young 14, 15 year old girl, who was wearing a swimming costume? So obviously it's different in different sports, but even running, you wear minimal stuff. Swimming, obviously the extreme, you're in a swimming costume. I solely used to nitpick at myself when I used to look in the mirror, critique my body, grab my skin, compare myself to the other girls. Obviously it's not very helpful that you do have your 
body fat measured you do get weighed before and after every single session but I really wish I was kinder to myself because I wasn't swimming for what I looked like I was swimming for how good I was as a swimmer I was swimming for performance yeah I'd come back from every session stand there in front of my mirror in my underwear and all I would do was nitpick at myself mm-hmm. and I think it really really made me hate swimming I love the sport I was good at the sport I did it to perform but I wish I hadn't been so cruel to myself at such a young age because I don't think it helped me moving forward and quitting swimming, moving into the real world and actually appreciating what I looked like or what my body had done mm-hmm. throughout those eight years that I was a swimmer. I never appreciated the performance and how, how good it was and the goals and the achievements. It was, oh, you don't, you don't look very good. Like you look ugly. You mm-hmm. don't look and that's horrible. That was, uh, to be fair, that is the same as my first one. So my first one was, you are not your body. You are not your body. What, what I mean by this is, especially like you've just described in fitness, we can sometimes believe that, or I, or I definitely did, that my worth was dependent on my body and how I looked. My confidence relied upon it, I thought. My career lied upon it, I thought. My social life depended upon it. And of course, you will find confidence and self-confidence from working out and exercising. That that comes with it. But that's got nothing to do with the physical state. It's more the way that you, you feel. Mm. And for example, if I asked you to just take a minute. Me or the audience. Everyone, okay. you yourself as well. I'm included. And think about what you have. So friends, family, career, house. How many of those things really rely upon what your body look like? If you were just to put on a few pounds tomorrow or lose all your muscle or whatever it is, how many of those things would still be around? Can I answer? Yeah. All of them. All of them, however, I does part of my job rely on what I look like? I don't know. I actually can't answer that. I think if you, I think if you believe that I think that you believe that it does, you're on a slippery slope to a pretty big wake up call at some point. If you think that everything that you have achieved is just based on what you look like, I don't. There's, think... there's no doubt that obviously in the fitness industry, if you are in mega great shape, it may open some doors for you. But let me give you an example of you as a coach, rely on just what you look like to onboard clients. As soon as those people, those members, those people that you work with are working with you, then they're going to find out pretty pretty quickly that you're just a shit coach who looks good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything you're saying. I was just more so thinking it of a perspective. I always get told I've got a free kiss physique. I don't like it when people say that to me. I think it's fucking rude when people say, oh, you're like a freak. Well, thank you. But that sticks with me and I'm like, okay, maybe people followed me in the first place six years ago because as a woman, I've got a freakish physique. Yeah, I'm sure that- uh, Before they knew has. me, knew my personality. I think most people follow me now because I'm very, <laughs> I, I, what what you see is what you get. Very no bullshit, performance, all of that comes part and parcel. But when I first got into it, people just thought I was a fucking freak. It's not actually a nice thing to open up about or even say it makes me really upset. Mm-hmm. But I think people in the first place followed me because she was like a freak. Yeah, but then people quickly unfollow you as well from those kind of things <laughs> yeah. because it's very 
very shallow. It's people will a, a follow on Instagram or something like that is pretty an easy task, isn't it? To just press follow. Doesn't, it's doesn't, easy to press it's not, follow. It's not a big big commitment, and that's what I mean though. Because if people don't take anything away from your content, they're going to quickly unfollow you. So it's something that I struggled with for a long time because I believe that everything I was doing within fitness and my career was dependent upon what I looked like and mm. that's put a lot of pressure on me which I think also pushed me into an eating disorder so that's why I think if you take anything away from today especially if you're someone who is very very self-aware of your body very conscious of your body very critical of your body remember you are not your body the, do you know what's really interesting about you saying that you know the post that I put up yesterday mm. it is literally what you've just said how as a woman or a guy, but based not off a woman because that is me, your body is going to change. What, what is a woman? I'm not being one of those people mm. who aren't. I, that really for what guys going around people, what is a woman? So let's just calm down for a sec. Have you seen it on TikTok? Yeah, I know, but it, it, do you know what? Like, why is it such a hard question to answer? Women, fucking powerful empowerment. We're strong. So are men. Yeah, but I'm saying. But I'm just saying, but I'm saying that doesn't define a woman. I don't think. No, because a lot of those common answers were women are emotional, they're caring, which we are, but we're also strong, empowering, independent. I know, but did you see it? There was this thing, and it was in some kind of courthouse in America, and I can't remember who it was. It was someone who'd just been stated in a new position for the president, a role that was quite public, and. She was asked something to do with what was a woman, and she couldn't answer it either. I, just I think it, I think it's pretty sad when we get to that point now where we can't. People are scared to say what a woman is for the for the fact of potentially being cancelled. I think it's hard though because everyone will have a different perception of what a woman I, is. It, that's fine. Everyone's mm. perception can be different, but the fact that people feel like they can't give the percep- perception based on the fact that they're going to be cancelled is shit. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm. I I believe I'm quite a strong, empowering woman. So I would say that's what I think women are. But then also, we're nurturing, we're caring, we're emotional. I cry most days. Who was it? Who got? <laughs> who was it? Who went on the program somewhere and gave what they thought a woman was? Are you going to answer, Carl? Yeah. So it's an interview by. Sorry, it's a documentary by a guy called Matt Walsh, mm-hmm. um, and he goes around just asking people who are kind of in the lgbtqia plus community just asking them to define what a woman is because there's lots of argument about men can transition into women or um you know the sporting debate so he's just asking them to clarify like what what they think a woman is and it's quite a hard thing to pin down um yeah so matt walsh there was another one of a celebrity interview where someone quite famous came out and said get their idea that what they thought a woman was. I don't know if you can pull it up on Google as well, Carl. It was a, an interview on American TV, a big celebrity, and she later came out on Twitter and, and apologized for what she said a woman was. I, I'm sure she, she gave an example of something along the lines of, like, Karen has a vagina, gives birth. That was kind of her basic description of what a woman was. And she had a massive backlash on Twitter and social media to the point where she was getting death threats and stuff and other things. Is that her, Carl? Why? Why was she getting the it just, it just It was a minority. It was a minority of people who were backlashing against her. Me and Cal were having this conversation before how there's always kind of been this popular consensus in society and the majority will agree with it. And now because you have online and social media and stuff, the minority are heard and in this echo chamber sound louder than they actually are. So she she felt she'd been hated by everyone then came out and apologized for comments. Mm. Is that a little bit like the... Uh, what toxic diet culture 
like the really far end of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's obviously just people who didn't agree with it, but maybe the transgender community, maybe other people who didn't agree with what our views were, but that's, but that's fine. Everyone's allowed their opinion what it is. Yeah, so part of the controversy is the fact that she said that women, um, one of the things to define a woman is that you have a vagina, mm -hmm. but then if you are like a, a trans woman is a, a biological male who's transitioned to a female. Mm -hmm. And so the, the kind of thought process is that it's quite transphobic to say that only women have vaginas and it's essentially saying that people without vaginas are not women so trans men sorry trans women are not true women that was kind of why she faced backlash I think. but well, this conversation this argument if you had this argument 30 years ago and someone said that no one would have batted an eyelid no but times have really changed i know i understand that i'm just i mean the giving birth one yeah you give yeah you, as in yeah giving birth make sure that you the female mm -hmm. surely because Am I am I thinking correct with that one or is yeah, there Yeah, it's just to say that only women can give birth means that trans women can't are not women. That's kind of why people it's it's a very, very, very it's like a mind. I completely get the vagina. But then one. that description is descri is describing a trans woman. It is yeah. it, it, is is there an argument to be had that there's a difference between a woman and a trans woman? Yeah, I mean kind of if you wanted to get like very specific about it, you could say like biological women. Mm-hmm are able to give birth yeah or but then but then people who've had like hysterectomies or people who've had you know infertility issues does that mean that they're not women i think if you, the, probably the best way to narrow it down is that biological women have xx chromosomes mm -hmm. but then yeah, I agree. that's not diminishing trans women and saying that people who are yeah, yeah. chosen to transition or you know they have gender dysphoria or anything like that that's not diminishing their position and saying that they're not trans they're not women yeah yeah 100%. i'd be happy to call people whatever they want to be called wow it's very, that was very Complex. It's a big debate, though, isn't it? My um follow follow on from before we went into that was how I'm going to use myself as an example. Mm -hmm. As a 25 year old woman, my body has already changed so much, and it's learning to appreciate that. I was a swimmer. I then went into like fitness, like really heavily, like bodybuilding. I then ran 100k, lost a bit of weight, and now I'm back here. I think it's really important to not penalize yourself as you're going through different sports. Because what I found really interesting, I didn't even know this before looking at it yesterday, your tendons, heart, lungs, bones, muscles adapt to a new sport. My body changed to make me a better ultra runner. It literally, like the ten, like how I was as a human physically was changing for that. And then 14 weeks later, I'm in a really happy place, but it's kind of looking back and I wish I appreciated what was happening at the time. I was, I was very negative about myself throughout that whole last two months. Mm -hmm. But if I understood, you know what, this is just a period of time when my body's doing this so I can do that. And then now I'm doing this. It's like when you have a baby. I was about to say, that's the biggest example you can give is pregnancy. How our body adapts to, to be that. able to nurture, grow, <laughs> keep alive give birth to a child and it's it's the same with other stuff and i've been there with with changes in training when things have and your body adapts and it's sometimes going to take time yeah. if you've been bodybuilding or just lifting for a long time going into running it's going to be very different you're going to be tight you're going to have tight ligaments it's going to be potential for injuries because your body's not used to to moving in that way with that new stimulus that's why you've got to take it easy and scale into it mm -hmm. and it's very important that you do that and also, when I first got into running and you were the same, we used to run very like, 
I was in particular. I look back at some Robocop. videos. I was Robocop. They're in use for Robocop to be fair. Yeah, and that was just nice. <laughs> like, go off, you go and run 100k. Oh, did you know, Carl, that Lucy ran 100k? I will tell the whole world because it's kilometers. something I'm proud of. Do, do, wait, just tell everyone because I don't think anyone knows. Did you run the London Marathon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care because I'm proud. I'm joking. I will shout it from the rooftops and get it printed on and tattooed on my forehead. And then I'll get the kilometer scribbled out when I do 100 miles. Oh, there, we go. there you go. No, but oh, you've really lost my trail of thought now because that really angers me. Okay, well, do you know, do you know what I wish? Do you know what I wish I could have done 10 years ago? Were they alive? Coro. Were they alive 10 years ago? No, that's what I'm saying. I wish I would have them 10 years ago. As in Salted caramel know. and almond chocolates from Coro. Eat off, Mike. You can't give us... Oh, oh, I hit the camera. That's right. That was a really bad throw. I just had the whole block of that on my... No, I'm all right. I just had the size of that five piece on my oats and it was absolutely delicious. Yeah. God, I can't get enough of Coro. That's that one with almonds in that bangs. Do you know what's hilarious? So in our, our like pantry cupboard, I have all the bougie jars, as you guys know on the podcast, where I put all our Coro chocolates. I went to stay at Megan's on Saturday and we had to order dessert because she was like, I don't have any fancy Coro things because I don't have like anything like you oh, yeah. do. We're going to have to order dessert. So basically we have a Coro <laughs> cupboard and it's full, it it's full of stuff <laughs> and snacks. And every time a guest comes, what happens? Oh my God. They find Guaranteed, the Coro cupboard. 11 p.m. There's someone in the pantry just going balls to the okay, wall. Okay, by someone, the, let's address it's Steph. And Meg. At Meg, was spot, Meg was stuck in there before you went to high Meg was also in there at 11 p.m. So Steph and Megan have something in common. No, anyone who comes in just goes balls to the wall and Coro. I have seen Cal in the, in the Coro cupboard. Yeah. Maybe I'm the only... I actually have it on food. Like, I put it within food. Do you know what we also ordered? And I put them in the cupboard so hopefully you don't know where they are because I swear to goodness me, you eat everything so fast I don't even have chance. I got um, some little spicy, what, chickpeas. They are delicious, but I've hidden them so you can't have them. Because I actually... You've hidden them, they're a two kilo (laughs) bag, they're not the most inconspicuous item. Yeah, maybe I should just like hide it in a better place. Because honestly, oh my goodness, you just really... Yeah, chickpeas are a good little snack though, and I enjoy those. But the one thing, if you do that again, I'm going to start being Kanye West. La 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 la. I don't understand that reference. Speaking over me. Is that what he does? Yeah. I'll see him on the Piers Morgan interview. Also, let's la, discuss. La, 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 Is that what he does? Yeah, I'm doing it to you. But is that what he does yes, to get some does, of attention? Yeah, yeah. That Can you not so say we walk off the Piers Morgan interview? He walked He's like off. a child. Yeah. Well, on that note, he lost his Adidas sponsorship and yeah. he's now not a Forbes billionaire. He lost £400 million in sponsorship from Adidas because... I don't. I didn't read into it. I just saw that title. Speaking of sponsorships, thank you to Coro oh, for yes. sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. And if you would like to shop Coro... The link will be in the description and you can use Not So Fit 5. Isn't that wild though, by the way? Why? It is all over the news. We should have discussed that. But it's something to do with he is is he a prick? Was it that? He's the biggest man child I've ever seen in my life. He's a weird interview and he was just very, very argumentative. There's a word for it. He was anti something. I can't remember what it was. Semantic, yeah. Against Jews. You said, yeah. We won't go into that, but yeah, it, what appears Morgan interview is a is a strange one. You really get to grips on a longer form of content of Kanye West character, especially in this new modern age. I agree. So one of the things that I had down, which I knew ten years ago, which you wish you knew ten years ago, yeah, was to focus on what you're good at. So I think schools do a pretty bad job of this with with kids in the in the way that they educate people at a young age because they're trying to get. I understand why. 
trying to get people to be good at everything, students to be good at everything, when there's a lot of stuff that they're bad at and a lot of stuff that they don't like. And I would argue to work on, not on your weaknesses, but your strengths. I'd say fuck you to weaknesses. And the reason being is because you have a limited amount of energy and a limited amount of time to apply the different things in life. So you need to focus on the things that you are much better at, at whatever said thing that may be. And I was looking at a study earlier, actually, it was done in 2016 that found that we tend to see weaknesses as, as more changeable than more changeable than strengths, which means we're more inclined to try and improve on them. It's like when you're shit at something, you get good at it really quickly. So you're like, oh, I'll, I'll do that because you get motivated by the changing results a lot quicker, whereas your strengths, you probably prog- progress at a little bit, uh, you probably progress at a little bit slower. So, like when you're in the gym and you've been in the gym for a long time, your progress is going to be a lot slower once you're an advanced lifter because you've you've had those newbie gains, but you just can keep on proving those incremental gains and become stronger and stronger and better and better. Plus, people who use their strengths are happier, less stressed, and more confident. I agree to a small amount. I think as a primary school child, you need to do everything. You need to do your shitty recorder lessons. I, I understand even- that. You need to do your shitty recorded lessons even though you hated it. I hated music. I hated languages. I did them though because they were a huge weakness. Maths. I had to do maths. They were all massive weaknesses. If I could have just done PA in sport and business and English, great. I would have absolutely loved it. But I don't think it makes you as such a, rel- a well-rounded person if you've not experienced weaknesses and losing. Because if you just do what you're good at, you're always winning. You don't experience losing as a child. Does that make sense? If you want to be, I'm not saying like in school, they shouldn't be teaching people. I'm saying in school, that learned behavior of trying to be good at everything is massively pushed home. And you become a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. If you really want to be good at some, something, I think in the 21st century, you don't need to try and go away and work on all your weaknesses and become good at the things that you're shit at. You don't, oh, I absolutely uh, agree you with don't, that. You don't go away and be, uh, for example, what we do, I'm going to go away and become a master copywriter so I can write email better. Like I should be focused on the things that I'm good at. And the things that I want to become better at because then you become a pioneer in your industry that those said things. Tiger Woods wasn't going away and thinking, oh, I'll practice basketball or football a bit more. No, he was just directing to golf and that's why he's become the best in the world at what he does. He was focused on one thing and did it with all his energy and all his passion. Yeah, no, I, I agree with it to that extent. For example, I could have chose gymnastics, swimming, cross country. I chose swimming because it was my absolute... I was really good at the others, but I was I was very good at swimming. So I just swam. But I do think you, it's a really hard one. I absolutely agree. You have to work on your strengths and your strengths should be your main point. But for example, I have loads of weaknesses within my training now that I am working 10 times harder than my strengths. I'm not, yeah, but you're, I think you're probably being too hyper niched into things there. Okay. Is this just like the gem, like general? It's, it's, I think if you're looking at, well, if, even if the way that you do now look at hybrid training, you're never going to become the best at anything. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you, because you're doing all the things and that's not, to say that you shouldn't do them because you you enjoy them, but that's not you're not geared up to become the next CrossFit game champion. You're not geared up to become yeah. the next female bodybuilder. You're doing it out of enjoyment. If you want to uh, progress, maybe in a career or something that you have uh, got an end game with, then be hyper focused into that one thing. Mm-hmm. I think we've got this tendency to tell, especially kids, teenagers, to try and work on your weaknesses and be good at everything, and then you become good at nothing. You become great at nothing anyway. To try and be a little bit more niched into something rather than trying to spread your energy and your time and your fucks too too thin. I do agree with that, especially in... It, it's hard with education, isn't it, in terms of high school? 
we had to do certain subjects. I hated like thinking I did Mandarin as well as French and Spanish. Like, mm. why couldn't I have just done one language? It, it was too it was too hard so for me. I, I really academically struggled with those sort of things and it made me hate the subject and English language, English lit, English lit. Why couldn't we have just done one in each thing and then excelled, for example, sports? I did, yeah, I completely understand yeah. where you're coming from with in, that. In school, I often got called lazy by teachers. And why? Some in just in some subjects. Oh, I. But yeah. I, I don't think being lazy is always a bad thing. Lazy people will find the quickest route to a lot of things. Did you try really hard in those subjects you didn't like? No, that's what I mean. I was lazy. See, but I did, so no, I wasted but that's a lot what I'm of talking energy. About, about lazy people will sometimes and often find the quickest route to something because they're lazy. Yeah. They won't go around the world looking for the hardest route or the biggest. Um, and most amount of effort put into something, they'll find a lazy route there, which is often the quickest, which can sometimes be beneficial. You were also really good at exams, weren't you? That's because I was probably lazy because I hated doing coursework and I hated doing case studies and I hated doing dissertations. I just preferred to, well, I can, if I can sit down and get it out of the way, box it off, I'm done. I really struggled with exams. I thought it was a memory game. It and was. I felt like I have a yeah, memory yeah. like a goldfish. I'd swim around the tank three times. So I just, I really struggled with, I could, I, Memory. I thought exams were a memory game, whereas I was really I put my heart and soul into like my dissertation and coursework because I knew when it comes to exams, I was like, I'm not going to remember anything. I think that also comes down to <laughs> something that's often spoke about is if you if you're not made up to do something, focus on what you're good at. If you're five foot five, you're not going to become the next basketball player, are you? Let's be honest. Yeah, I don't think you are. So you've got to kind of look at, okay, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses, mm. this is massively going to hold me back. I'm not saying don't, like, be a pessimist. And if you've got a real goal and something that you definitely enjoy, don't go and pursue it. But if you focus on the things that, or drill down to the things that you're already good at, mm. you're going to become great at them. Yeah. Can I go on to my point, which is a little bit different? Yeah. It's still to do with actually fitness, but it's just more on the nutrition side of things. Yeah. Because there is so much regarding food, nutrition, diet that I wish I knew. I think one of the biggest ones is there's this, I don't know if it's a myth or it's just this conception that to in order to be fit and healthy and to have a fit and healthy lifestyle, you have to be really strict with your diet. Going back, yeah, we are going back 10 years. That's what it was. You need to be just eating out of Tupperware. You need to just be having broccoli, chicken and rice. I used to take it to uni, but I used to have such small portions and everyone sat there around me having normal food. And this is not me saying meal prepping is bad. I think meal prepping can be really positive if you're doing it correctly and X, Y, and Z. Why are you smiling at me Yeah, Andrew Tate's little quote on the the boxes. It's funny. No, tell me in a second though. But there, there really was heavily this whole idea that less is better, as in eating minimal food, eating no carbs, which I did for a period of time. I was keto. God, I had those little, what are they looked like? Ketones. Ketones? What are taking what are ketones they is that what they are? I was taking something off the internet when I was like ketones. 16. No, I must have actually been 18 because I quit swimming. Thinking I was going to lose fat, burn fat. I had fat burners. I was doing it all because all I wanted was to eat fewer calories and just to be really skinny because yeah. I thought that's what society meant by being a fit and healthy body. I was so unhappy. I had an eating disorder. I would constantly pinch my skin, which I've still got a habit of now. Six years later, I I pinch my skin and it's really weird because it was so ingrained. But that is one of the things I wish I wish I knew that less isn't isn't more. Mm-hmm. I understand if you're going through a fat loss phase or weight loss, yeah, you need to be in a calorie deficit. But you don't need to be eating 
nothing mm-hmm. was my point so re- recap the the overhanging title of what that point was what i wish i knew is more food is better okay is basically the general is it always there well that's what i mean by the whole fat loss and weight loss thing obviously very goal dependent but I'm talking to those people who really think they need to okay. cut, really need to cut calories when they actually don't need to do that. You do mm-hmm. not need to be on 800 calories a day to lose a little bit of weight. You do, you do not. The only reason I say that is because me and Cal, to be honest, like, who was it by? It was by Derek. More plates, more data. Looking at a post yesterday. You remember what the recap of that post was? It was a, it was a post about body positivity movement. Were you asking me? <laughs> asking Cal. Sorry, two minute delay there. Um, I can't quite remember what was it. He was he was talking about. It was a post about this woman who basically was in uh, good shape, healthy, wasn't like super thin, super like jacked or super athletic. And then she uh, put loads of weight on. I don't know exactly how much weight she put on, and she was kind of celebrating the fact. Um, I I definitely got an unhealthy weight, obese. And he posted something about the way that we celebrate this and the way that we talk about it now. And again, I think the way that people are scared to to say things and how it's increasingly dangerous that we celebrate people just piling on weight yeah. for, the, for the sake of it. That was it. So I've just found the post. I'll put it up on screen now so people can yeah. have a look. But basically, it's comparing the comment section of a skinny influencer to yeah. a morbidly obese kind of, for want of a better word, I know it's quite a rude term, but like a fat fluencer. Yeah. But somebody who's like overweight. Um, Is that what they call themselves? Or were they it, the comments? It's what the comments are for, yeah. They oh, right, okay. But yeah, so essentially the skinny person was being told, oh, you're too skinny, mm-hmm. you need to eat more. God, look at you, I can see your hips, blah, blah, blah. Whereas the overweight person's being celebrated. Oh my God, you look amazing, blah, 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 blah. Which is just quite a sad you know, yeah. state of affairs. Like in anything, too much of anything in life, bad for you. I agree with that completely. I think that's also really sad. Because I bet the skinny post was just just someone who's just in shape yeah i don't know i've never i, don't I get think, really I don't, I don't think i've ever those. been online and commented on anyone else's body in i mean i think i've, I've said you look amazing and yeah stuff like I, that. i'm talking about a negative comment so i think we've got to the stage where i think we're in a better place in the fitness industry where people aren't ripping into people and, and i know there's still people are fat shaming but i think we get a lot less of it mm-hmm. i think we still need to get to a position where there's not like fit body shaming as well Fit shaming, that's still, that's still a thing as well. Do you know what's really sad with that? People don't actually realise fit shaming is a thing. Yeah. But we can say from first-hand experience, it is absolutely a thing. People penalising others for being in shape and going yeah. to the gym or wanting to exercise and wanting to have a healthy heart, live longer, have a healthy body, and they get penalised. And it is cr- it is crazy to me that they probably get not more hate, but just as much as others it's funny i was listening to a quick clip on tiktok the other day and i suppose it's similar that a lot of people i think there's just i think it was a, a study or something of a perception of people who are wealthy and people call them snobs rich bellends they're stuck up just because they got money i think it's kind of like that it's like what do you call it rich shaming you know in that perspective of yeah. people who aspire to have those kind of things and want those kind of things but then ashamed for working hard to get to that position it's it's i suppose in some degree the some regard it's to protect their own ego, to feel like that's out of my scope. Mm. That's that's out of my sort of universe to be able to go out and work hard enough to get there. So therefore, they're kind of a rich prick, Bell, and they're in great shape, they're whatever. I think if you always have that attitude, you're never going to take control for what 
for the things that could potentially help you succeed and get to places or be a better you. Yeah, I agree completely because it is shaming, isn't it? The way the comments come across in all aspects, it doesn't matter you call it fit shaming, rich shaming, whatever it is. The I get really aggravated by those comments. Like then I wouldn't say they're trolling comments, but they come from a place where people are they come across as oh like I really I care about you and it it comes across really patronizing. Yeah. Like someone said to me the other day, oh, I think you need to take a rest day. After I just had like two rest days that I didn't post about on social media, God forbid. I think you need to take a rest day. And I was like, where has that come from? I'm so, how can you comment on me when you don't even know anything about that? Obviously, we do understand. We put it's our actually, lives on social media. It's like you message someone going, well, I think you could you could do a go in the gym. I think you should have a gym day. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Imagine how much more offensive oh, that, that would sound. Would be, that would sound so bad. But that's the thing. I think because we put our lives on social media, which I do absolutely appreciate, we will get more comments X, Y, and Z. However, we don't put everything on. So if I'm having a rest day, I'm not going to snap a photo being like, hee hee, rest day. Like when I'm in the gym filming something cool, I'm going to film it. So obviously I can see why people come mm. across in that way because that is all they see. Yeah. But I also don't really want to just snap a picture rest yeah. day. Okay, another one for me. This is a big one as well. I think a lot of people will resonate with this one. Stop worrying about age. And I think this kind of... Carl sort of mentioned this really good quote before and I want to mention it in the podcast. And it is that today is the oldest that you've ever been and the youngest that you will ever be. So if you're thinking wow. that, if you're thinking about th- something that may, that may make you happier, that might make you more money, that might be, create a better life, do something today for a better tomorrow. But at the same time, you're still as young as you'll ever be. So don't worry about, I need to be doing this or be this at this age or this person's 19 and they've got 500,000 followers and they've got this much money and brand deals or this person's this age and they've already achieved this and I'm just this. Like, don't worry about age. You're still you're still young. You're still, you, you can still start creating a new life up until you're 40, 50, whatever. There's, the way that the world is now and the opportunities that are out there, especially in the digital space, you can be as old as you want. I think that was highlighted through COVID that those people of of every single age creating a new life for themselves. Mm. Wasn't it? Was it J.K. Rowling? Or there was someone who created a really big brand. It might have been the guy who owns KFC. He was he got turned down until he was like sixty. Yeah, yeah. It's something like that where you read it and you're like, wow, okay, that completely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Say that quote again like you said at the start today is the oldest that you've ever been yeah and the youngest that you'll ever be it's great that is well that is a really good quote because it is i i so always no better see, time than now yeah there's don't no worry about what's happened don't worry about comparing yourself to what other people have done don't worry about being you've got to be super creative and super wealthy because you're seeing someone else who's 19 20 and that's a big thing for people in their 20s is that is like oh, I should be an entrepreneur. I should be super wealthy. I should be working, doing this. I should be whatever. And there's a lot of pressure, I think, to be like that. And I think there's a lot of people who actually fall into that space and become very, very unhappy doing so. Yeah, I would. I I think that was me. I was 18 when I started my business. I think as well. Potentially, the comments that you got of, oh, uh, 
like you're so young and doing so well that almost fueled Absolutely. your obsession with being wasn't there a program as well like young something millionaire like there's programs about it as well i can't remember what it was called but there's definitely programs on like mm-hmm. mtv they were just compounding that ethos and that visualization that i need to be this by this age because this is what society deems as a success it was the comments I obviously just did it off the back of swimming and started Loose Davis Fit and got into the whole fitness world at 18. Even now, you've got people who are like 14, 15, 16 on TikTok, which seems wild. But everyone around me at uni, and as I got to like the age of 21, they were like, oh, you've done so much. It's such young. Like, and they were fueling this fire that, okay, but I can do more. Mm-hmm. And I met you when I was 21 or 20. I can't, 20 or 21. And then we did something else together. And I think you helped me not become really unhappy. Mm-hmm. You completely changed something in me that just, yeah, that was me, unfortunately. I mean, I'm not there now, but that absolutely, everything you just said there was absolutely me. And it's quite sad. But another thing on that is I think there's a lot of pressure for women. Because I see women post about this, this whole idea this is a very 10 years ago thing. Like when you get over 30, if you're not married, if you yeah. haven't had kids, yeah. if you don't have a successful career, whatever it is, is fucking ridiculous. The amount of pressure that that puts on women, that when you hit 30, you should have this, this and this, these tick boxes is insane. But then I've seen so many amazing people do posts about it and saying, look, I'm 32. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm very happy. I'm very fulfilled. Stop putting in age on when you should have achieved something or should have started a family. I think it's quite a, a pressurizing thing for a lot of women. But this this whole thing that we discussed in previous episodes about time and how time can make us unhappy. Because years and years and years and years and years ago, like caveman times or whatever, no one knew what time was. No one knew what age they were. They just have kids whenever and no one give a shit. But because we know what age we are, we know what time it is, we know what every minute, every second of every day is. We're like, oh, we need to do this by this point. I need to be married by this point i need to give birth by this point i need to have kids by this point i need to be settled down in the house by this point yeah no one give a shit Why about that years and years that? ago the perception of time we, we give everything a time and give everything a, a sell by date and and that creates that pressure to to fit into that social norm they used to tell the time by watching the sun yeah but i'm talking even before that oh uh, wow caveman but, times you used to watch the sun come up yeah at the same the same time though you never i think especially through your 20s do things and fail at them and be shit at them i think people try something post something launch something try and create something new like a business whatever it may be and a shit at it maybe just be creating a new video and the terrible at it. Mm. you're going to be terrible at things the first time you try it it's like when you jump into a swimming pool the first time, you should look like you're drowning. You shouldn't look like Michael Phelps, should you? Who the fuck does that? No, I, I nobody. No, nobody. You're gonna look like you're drowning, and that should be the same with whatever you do. You're gonna be shit and look shit at it. That's the whole point. But you're going to get better. That's the thing I enjoyed about Muay Thai as I went, and I looked like I was pissed. Mm. Couldn't hold my hands up in front of my face properly. My shoulders were hurting. I had tight hips. Pulled my calf. I was just shit at it. But then I slowly got better. I, I knew going, I, I'm going to be shit at it. I, you can't put this pressure on yourself to be great at something that you've never done, especially if you're not giving it time. I think on that as well, you need to not just give up straight away. You can't just do something once. You can't just do something 
you whatever happens you oh god i look back at my first youtube video <gasps> i can't it's just the whole thing but i didn't give up on it i was so determined that i could talk to a camera i used to kind of look here when the camera was right in front of my face and i couldn't make eye contact with my camera i never thought i could do it but pushing past that because if you if you do something once if you go for your first run if you go for your first run oh my god my first 5k i thought i was gonna have a heart attack i thought whoa no but if I just gave up, I would have never known the potential of what something could have been. So I think that's a really important lesson as well is just if you are trying something new, failure is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But also great shit is going to happen if you really try and continue and keep doing something. Well, you, you'll look back at those old videos and you oh, you can't. should do and, and can tell yourself like, do you know what? The old Lucy, I am proud of you for making that video and doing that video because that set me up on a journey to continue mm. to do this. Same for Cal. I'm sure if he speak to the little Cal, it's a uh, well done for taking that photo of being absolutely dog shit at it or well done for falling off that thing in fucking Bali and gaining that experience to do whatever because that breaking your neck or whatever you did set me up to do this next thing. And I'll be proud of remembering when I quit my job in the police and living off no money. I was just skinned for ages. I'm proud of that Ben who did it, made that decision and continued to do it. Oh, that was deep. Talk me back a bit then. But it is true, you should definitely not it's so hard not to want to give up straight away. It is, of course, it is human instinct is if you shit at something, you don't want to continue. Yeah. If you're embarrassed about something, you don't want to do it again mm-hmm. in case it happens. But when you do get past that, there is always something else. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, you learn from that experience. Yeah, well, you've kind of just gone into my next one as well. We just covered the next one, basically. Oh, have we? Yeah, it's everybody's shit stinks. What, you've got like really nice titles for yours. I've just titled them. I was just thinking consensus. about it. Wasn't I've just titled them at what, what, what points where and what we were talking about then is that everyone fucks up, everyone fails, everyone's shit stinks, everyone has bad times. <laughs> no one goes. Then the meaning that is no one goes to the toilet and their poo smells like roses. roses no, but Ben, really yours like seriously. Poo, poo, poo. Yeah, remember that. Your... I've cast roses really. I that might be Kyle, my back time. me off, please. I know you no, got a thing, but shit don't stink. No, no, that song is. Come no. on, Rose Rose is maybe really it's before my like age. Poo, poo, poo. Yeah. I think it's before my age. Oh, no. the banger. You know, hey, yeah, right? Hey, yeah. So it's not before your age. Yeah, because that's the song that comes out like Uni, Factory, Manchester, wow, 2 a.m. That is the sort of shit that used to come on. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Shit stinks, so... Everybody has the bad times. Everybody fucks up. Everybody, no one's going home and their the lives are, are, are golden. And the difference between you and who's someone you look up to? My dad. You make this difficult, don't you, Lucy? It's Serena somewhat, Williams. Okay, the difference between you and Serena Williams is that she played tennis from a young age. She's an animal. So you're both playing tennis. She's just fucked up more times than you have. The people you idolize, the people you want to be, or the people, the things you want to succeed, they the difference between you and them is that they fucked up more times than you, but they just mm-hmm. got back up and said, you know what, I'm going to carry on doing it many more times. I'm going to fail many more, m- many more times. Everybody has a bad day. The problem is, I used to do it. I used to look up. For example, I used to look at Ronaldo. I used to think that the guy's veins were filled with gold. I just didn't think he was a normal human being. I thought he was superhuman. I thought that he was completely out of reach. And that was disheartening. Mm. Ali Giatti says it as well. Don't put the pussy on the pedestal. But you shouldn't compare yourself to people <laughs> anyway. You didn't cock that one, did you? No, I did. I just hate that word. No, but it's a very good analogy. Because you shouldn't put people on a pedestal. That's what I mean. You shouldn't ever, you should not compare to other people. We say all the time, 
if someone says to me, oh, I want to look like you, I'm like, no, you don't. I don't think you do <laughs> you that really when you're don't. a kid, though, do you? I just don't think... Well, I did. Because when you get to a certain age, when I was a kid, this is a bit embarrassing, I used to... <laughs> I don't know why. I always remember being in the shower. I used to get a shower. Measure the size of your willy. Sorry, I thought that's what you were going to say. That's the thing young boys do, though, isn't it? How would you know? I just think that's one of the things. I think we've had that conversation. Don't think we have. Little boys. Okay, this is going off on a tangent. Their... I didn't think it was going on. Sorry, I literally Me- thought Little you boys say... measure their willies in the shower. How have you become, how have you I become honestly, a star? No, I thought you were going to say, I used to go in the shower because you were talking about don't compare. I thought you were literally comparing the size yeah, of your Yeah, what me and, me and my mate, we used to do that in changing I rooms sw- all that's the time. What... We used to get the, we, we used to be in DT, we used to get the wooden rulers and, and for PA, we used to get in the shower and go, I'll, I'll, how long's your love length? That is lad chat though, isn't it? But we didn't use it. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm too innocent to know, understand boy chat. Don't pretend like you've never done it though, Ben. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I used to get those meter rulers though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like I go saying, I used to be in the shower. Yes. And not measuring your willy. No, not measuring my willy. Yeah. And I used to, it, it was a lot of time off the football because that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a football player, like most lads do. And I used to think to myself, I, I used to have this weird thing that because I br- br- breathed out of my mouth, I was different to everyone else. I thought everyone else. Br- breathe through the nose you're supposed and to I, breathe through your nose and that i was I, w- I was different i was just person i wasn't the same as every other human what sorry I was what like, do you mean i was just like i, I was like I, honestly this is what i believed in myself i was great i was that fantastic i was stronger faster more intelligent i was like a different life form to everybody else and that's what i thought and that do you know what that made me mm. a fucking animal dragon yeah it made me an animal mouth. when i when i played sport whenever i did anything i thought everybody else was almost like inferior because i was like superhuman from breathing through your mouth no that was just one of the things oh. and but but honestly that mindset i think helped me at a young age and that's why i was not blowing my own horn before i broke my leg i was unbelievable at sport i was the fastest on every pitch i'm not saying they contributed to those physical attributes but the mental side of the thing massively helped me. And then when I progressed a little bit into later age, I think I realized, oh, I'm just fucking, I'm Ben. And I, I started comparing myself to other people. But it starts with you th- You thought everyone else just breathed through their nose. That was just an attribute. Stop bringing, you, you're narrowing it down to the wrong thing. No, because all I can, I, sorry, it's only because. <laughs> oh, I wasn't in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's only because I'm I'm reading a book at the moment called Breath. Yeah, and you're actually forget the breathing. You're the supposed breathing. you're focused <laughs> on I, the wrong sorry, thing. I know, but you're supposed to only breathe through your nose, not your mouth. So actually, <laughs> roles reversed. You were phenomenal. I'm not taking. Yeah, that try away. try just, just breathing through your nose after at four a.m. on the town after a few. <laughs> You're disgusting. That's what you are supposed to do, though. You are not supposed to be a mouth breather. It changes everything about you. You are a mouth breather, Ben, because at night you're... You snore. It's... They have to roll you over. Can you imagine? Can you imagine everyone listening, trying to roll Ben Halden over at night? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The other night I had a night terror, didn't I? And just absolutely smacked you in the face. Sorry, that's completely off tangent. What happened in the dream, Liz? What happened in the dream? In the night terror. (sighs) What was it? Was oh, it was the finger prick. Why are you prick. asking me what your night terror was? It was the finger prick. Do you remember the other night? I say I get really bad night terrors. I've had them since we went to Australia, and it's usually spiders. But this one, I woke up and I pricked someone had cut my finger, and I I was getting Ben up. I was laughing. I was like, Ben, someone just cut my finger. And Ben's like oh, rubbing my finger like Lucy. There's nothing there. I'm like, no, someone's just pricked my finger, Ben. Like, sit, do something about it. 
I can't really remember it though. I don't remember them that well. That was awful though. I had to check it yeah, when I woke up. They're very realistic to you, aren't they? They are hilarious though in the morning when you tell me that the spiders were coming over the quilt and I have to cover myself. Wow. I played along with one day, didn't I? <laughs> Which one did you play along the spider with? The one. I was going, oh God, there's one there. It's on the right. <laughs> You should not do that though to a night terror person because my heart is nearly out of my mm. ass. Sorry. <sighs> Sorry. I had um I had one more actually. Yep, I think we both to, got one final one to discuss. One. Mine has quite a nice title. And this is more You've so... just titled this one that joined no, the podcast. No, no, actually it's already titled. I've highlighted it in orange. Okay. I believe you. Progress isn't linear. And this is actually more so a fitness one, like a training one. Mm-hmm. Whether your goal is to build muscle, lose weight, lose fat. It will never be perfect. And I think if you go back 10 years ago, you think you think the journey is supposed to be perfect. You think a weight loss graph is supposed to be like this. You think a building muscle graph is supposed to be like this. You think performance is supposed to be like this. It absolutely does not. You hit plateaus. There's different things that go on, whether it's stress and your cortisol goes through the roof. And it's like, why am I so anxious? How do I, when you're, anxi- all these different things, it will never, it should look like this should be up and down the graph should be a bit up and down and you just take averages like a heart rate monitor like a heart rate monitor when the spiders come and get me in my mm. sleep wow no it's through the roof that that's basically your last one iceberg theory isn't mm-hmm. it because people only see that top of the iceberg but a tiny bit of the results the achievements the trophies the medals you don't see what's below the water the the foundation the hard work the sacrifice the time the effort that all goes into the failures that that contribute and stack up to get into that tiny little bit that just sticks above the water that you see i think that's just a really really important thing to me because that's where people start comparing mm-hmm. that's where people compare to other people's lifts and their that's, bodies and that's why i do like weight. seeing people's pages who sometimes just do and that's the thing about story that's quite nice and just seeing people what what people are putting out on a day-to-day basis so you can actually see on story what they're doing to contribute to maybe the does that make sense? Like sometimes people put a post and be like, oh, I've achieved this or I've done this. And if you are someone who follows them and you can see things on the story on a daily basis, you can th- basically see all the things that they're doing daily to contribute to that one thing instead of just seeing the highlight reel of just the Instagram post, if that makes sense. You know who's really good at doing this at the moment? I will give a shout out. We do it too often. Steffi. Steph is absolutely doing that. Yeah. She is obviously doing an Ironman. I can say that now because she shared it. Whoop, whoop. And... The way she puts things on story, she had a really hard interval run the other day and she hit three out of the six. She didn't say, go on story and lie and say, oh, it smashed it to six out of six. She was like, do you know what, guys? I found that really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. I hit three out of the six intervals. That is so relatable. Mm-hmm. She's So yeah, in terms of what she's doing, very relatable. You can see a whole journey. You can see the ups and downs and I'm proud of her for that. Mm-hmm. But that is a great example. Okay, my last one. Choose hard sometimes. It's like a yeah, it's like a riddle. There's a little bit. So what I mean by that is if you always just in life choose easy, you're gonna have a hard life. Whereas if you choose hard sometimes, you're gonna have an easier life. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Peterson talks about this quite often about how if you never experience any hardship, and like we spoke about before, any failures. Then when you get into things later in life that are big life changes, such as losing financial security, losing a loved one, going through a difficult period in your career or at work, 
losing friends, losing family, any of these big life events, if you've never been through any hardship or any failure, you're gonna you're not gonna know. You're not gonna know how to navigate through those times because you've never experienced them before. Because you've always just lived an easy life. And I, I, again, bring this back to I think like our generation of people who kind of maybe by accident, maybe through hard work, maybe through a combination of both, they fall into these influencer roles, and it, it's an it's an easy life just to live as an influencer. It's, and why wouldn't people want to? Especially those people who get to go on luxury holidays, get paid for it, do whatever. They don't really experience any hardship. They're just getting paid to just live this easy life at 19, 20, 23, whatever it is. And as soon as someone hits any hardship, I think you can see it through social media. You can see that person struggling. Mm. And you see, I've often seen a lot of people fall to the wayside because... They've been on this massive incline journey with not a lot of obstacles in the way, no real hardship, never had to to really face any challenge to get to somewhere. And things have been handed on a silver platter, maybe because they've made the right decisions, maybe because they've been lucky. And then as soon as they run into those points of where, right, shit, it's hard, I've been challenged, they, they, they almost haven't got the mental callus to be able to deal with those things. They haven't got the foundation of whether a, a, a solid mindset and a good head on the shoulders will help them figure shit out. I think you're talking about very specific people, though. I'm not at all. I'm talking about like just let's just take but, two individuals. Let's, it... let, 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 let's just take two individuals. Let's take someone like Sam Logan, who we had the other week. I love. And Sam. then let's take someone who's just a and I say not just I say someone who's an influencer online. They're, their two levels of hard is going to be way different. Yeah. And when they become come up to challenges in life, who's going to deal with those big life challenges of death, unsuccessful marriages? changes in career changes in financial security things that are changing now in the, in the modern world like who's going to be best equipped to deal with those kinds of things obviously Sam. and that's what i'm talking about choosing hard sometimes they're two very extreme examples but i thought they were the best to to highlight my point and i think someone else speaking of military someone else who often talks about this in a slightly different way is jocko so he talks about how discipline equals freedom mm. and it's basically like counterintuitive so if you want more financial freedom, you have to have the discipline to say no more often to buying that t-shirt, to buying that thing that you wanted to not be spending money and go out on the piss on the weekend. How if you want, for example, a, a better body or I don't know, I don't know yeah, I'd say better body, not more freedom of your body. Then you have to say no more often. You have to be more disciplined to say no to that bit of food or yes to that workout or if you want to have just more freedom in general, you have to be more disciplined in dealing with your schedule and your diary and your timetable to create that freedom. Yeah, I so agree you have with to, him. So, so that's the, the, I think that's the best example to give because you have to choose, make a harder choice to then have a better life. Is it not hard though to build up a following and how do you know what those people have been through? I think you're being too specific. I was just using the influencer okay, thing as an example. Fine, fine. I'm saying choose hard yeah. sometimes in life. I think we live in this generation where we are pushing like, oh, you should never face hardship. Everything should be easy. Like, don't be not. Do you know what I mean? That we're very, like, like, there's, there's, I don't always like using the word, but there's a lot of that kind of snowflake culture out there. And I think sometimes there's a lot to be said from just doing something hard. Because once you've done something hard, how good you feel from it? Mm. It doesn't have to be physically hard. It can be something else that's challenging. Like, as human beings, we thrive off challenges. 
and completing them. I, I agree with it on every single level. I <laughs> Challenging your body is one of my favorite things to do. But people, some, and I do get it because I get comments being like, why would you do that to yourself? I'm like, well, you're not. I, I want to see the challenge. People kept telling me when I was doing David Goggins, I was just like, just stop. What do you mean? Just stop. I know because I want to challenge myself. That hard, What's that hard? How do you say it again? Choose hard sometimes. Yeah. It really does shape you as a person. Again, not just physically, but mentally. It's building those mental, do they call them mental calluses and mental resilience and putting yourself. And it is hard to do because actually you have to put yourself in a situation you're not being told by someone else to do it. You have to go off your own back, don't you? Mm-hmm. And make that harder decision to be more disciplined or try something new. And so doing it off your own back can be hard. So I do understand your example yeah. of the comparison. That, Absolutely. But the only reason I'm saying that is because, again, referring back to him, don't always agree with what he says, but Piers Morgan was talking about mental health and this this kind of pool of, of people who live in the digital space and how sometimes they're very hidden away from the everyday and the physical domains of society, mm-hmm. and how a lot of people complain that they have poor, that they're like mentally ill or have poor mental health when it's just everyday challenge that some people mm-hmm. face. Like everybody has feelings of anxiety sometimes, doesn't mean that you're, you've got anxiety. Mm-hmm. Everyone can have a, a bad day, an unhappy day, doesn't always mean that you're clinically depressed, doesn't mean, by the way, I'm not saying that people don't get kind of fall into those labels and those categories but i think some people play on them or some people i'm trying to think the right words to say this some people i get what you're trying to say it, it just it just becomes t- too much for some people because i think when they've never experienced hard as soon as they do they find it very difficult to deal with things which then can open them up to have mental health issues i think if we have more challenges like if we have things to stimulate us in life if things aren't just always easy we grow as individuals if if those things and those shit times hadn't happened in my life and things that i've been through then i wouldn't have been the person that i am today i think those those challenges are almost preset and put there so that for example you could become the lucy davis that you needed to be if those mm. things hadn't happened you wouldn't become that that lucy mm. it's just really yeah Really got my head thinking there. I absolutely agree in in every sense. I was trying to think how to describe it to other people, how I feel about it, but you pretty much nailed it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Choose Growth, hard sometimes. Yeah, choose hard. It doesn't, I'm not saying it I'm always so has to be. I'm trying to articulate myself because I absolutely agree with everything you've just said. Because Again, just similar, on a weekend, you could choose to lay around the sofa all day knowing that you've got a load of tasks to do, make the bed, do the garden, do the cooking, clean up, and you could mull over them, procrastinate all weekend, and you're going to feel unhappy because you're always going to be thinking about that task, so you're never going to have any freedom. Whereas if you just got up straight away, did the bed, did the garden, did the cooking, did the cleaning, task completion, feel good, mm. not got something overlooming all weekend, can be happy and do other things, you've got the freedom of the weekend then. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, a really easy, simple thing that I think a lot of people relate to on an everyday basis of a weekend that you can fall into when it comes to just choosing the hard thing when you first, first get up. I think that's why fitness and sport is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's been a powerful part of my whole life because that is hard. There's certain things. Doing your first heavy barbell squat hard. Push, pushing yourself in a different way hard. 
I think fitness and sport really shapes you as a person as well. And I'm always grateful that I was in sport. Because obviously not everyone's in sport at a young age. It's fucking dependent on your parents. Yeah. But even now, I'm so thankful I still appreciate health and fitness as a whole and what it has done for me. I think that's what I was trying to say before, but I couldn't no, get yeah, the words you've, out. You've given a fitness example and that's good because I think a lot of people relate to it in terms of you could easily get to six o'clock on a Friday or a uh, midweek and go, oh, I can't be asked going to the gym today. Mm. Really can't be asked. Then the, the fact that you turn up and go, you're choosing hard because mm. then you choosing hard is going to create an easier time and a better you tomorrow. And if you choose the easy route, it's just going to make it more difficult when it comes to the future, making those decisions and building good, positive habits. It's also nice as well because it's very individual. Somebody could be training for an mm. Ironman. Somebody could be aiming to hit 10K steps a day. It doesn't matter what just, your yeah, heart could just is. Lose 10 pounds. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And that's where it's really, really important not to look at other people mm. and what you think their heart is. Yeah. Our hearts are different. Yeah. To, to other people, they're completely different, which is why you shouldn't compare because what someone else finds hard, someone else might find a piece of piss. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because you're not them. Yeah. I think that's a really strong takeaway to take away as well. Yeah. Just to finish off this potty podcast. Indeed. I just made it really just like childish then, didn't I? Oh, potty. Got <laughs> <laughs> that bit out. Yeah. God, I've just ruined the podcast. Again, if you want to pick up any spruce products, they will be linked in the description. I've just finished my daily dose of vitamins off today. They're so cool, aren't you they? Can... Look at use not so fit 30 to pick mm-hmm. up any of the flavors to be fair that i haven't tried that bag. one before and that one's quite nice and a tote bag i keep saying tote bag because i really appreciate one like i'm packing for london and i have three tote bags with me i don't know why but i just have so much shit if you're still listening then there's a lot well, there's a lot of listeners and viewers on the youtube channel who are watching and not subscribed what are you doing Boo. Even if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, we massively appreciate you listening and tuning in, but please subscribe to the channels because this helps us grow the channel and be able to reach more people and get better guests on the future as well. And leave a review yeah. on Apple. It's the only one you can do it on, which is weird. But subscribing to them is basically the same thing, mm-hmm. but also reviews are really nice. We hope you enjoyed this episode. I definitely did. I learned a lot today. I you did. really got me thinking. I was sat here staring at you for like five minutes for some of it because my brain was just like, I see the cognitive the, dissonance. Yeah, it's clapping in my head, just thinking, trying to take everything in. But as Ben said, please continue to listen. We love your support on the podcast. And we'll catch you in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Bye.